<laughs> Take my hand and follow me into the darkness of horror film reviews and real tales of the paranormal. I'm Mr. Steve, and welcome to my horror section. The world of paranormal reality TV has taken us to new heights in the last couple of decades, and I wanted to use this episode to talk to you about a few of my favorites. These shows have entertained, educated, and made my jaw drop on a multitude of occasions with some of the evidence they have captured. But before we get into that, I have a special treat for you. Last season, my little brother Adam came on the show to talk about some spooky encounters he has had over at one of his best friend's house, uh, Luke. Well, I managed to wrangle up the young man Luke himself to elaborate more on his own experiences growing up in a haunted house. Luke is such an amazing guy, and he has such a positive energy surrounding him. I very much think of him as another little brother. Our interview took us on a couple different directions. Um, we went from talking about his paranormal experiences to views surrounding different religious beliefs and the afterlife as a much bigger concept than we can truly fathom. This one's going to make you smile, make you go wow, and may even challenge your current ways of thinking. I hope you enjoy it. All right, so here we are with my good friend, Luke, who is a very good friend of my younger brother, Adam, who was on the show last season. And he had shared a couple experiences about uh, things that have happened to him at our friend Luke's house um, and hanging out there. So I thought what a great idea it would be to bring someone who, uh, bring Luke himself who lived through this <laughs> um, and to share a lot of his experiences that he's had. So without further ado, I'd like to present our very good friend, Luke Sahaki. <laughs> All right, Steve, thanks so much for having me, man. Uh, we were just talking before the show started. I think it's so cool that you're doing this, man. And I'm really excited to be on the show. So thank you so much for having me. And I, I can't wait for these to come out so I can binge them like a Netflix series or something. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, so yeah, man. So, uh, I, I guess I'll start. Um, I grew up on a house. Um, it was actually the first house on the street. It was, uh, it was built back in the early 1900s. Uh, it even, the, the garage still has like horse stables in there. Um, and you'll, you'll see little, uh, metal hooks that are like, you know, uh, in the, what do you call it, bolted into the concrete that you would hook your horses up to, right? It's a, it's an old school house. It was the very first one on the road. Um, and the people's last names, that's that's what the road is called, which I won't say. But, you know, let's say uh, if I live on Smith Street, the Smiths lived there. Right. And they were house number one. Um, so, as, you know, as far as we know, there was never any nefarious things that happened at the house or anything like that. Um, and any experience that myself or my friends, my sister, my parents, a lot of people have had experiences there. Nobody ever feels threatened. Right. It's, it's never been a negative energy. It's never been, you know, 
anything that really worries. I mean, besides being a little creepy and, you know, making you go, what the hell? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but so we're, we're grateful and fortunate for that, I guess. Right. But uh, yeah, over the years, um, we have, we have heard them some things. Um, haven't, I personally haven't seen some things, but I have a couple of friends who have, so I'll get into that. And my sister did back when she was uh, a kid too. Uh, and some of these stories, um, they, they pretty much range from like us being a kid. So, and I'll, I'll, I'll explain that before I start, but some when we were like five, six years old and then boy, I think the last one happened when we were young twenties, it was back when me and Adam were in a band together and constantly hauling gear up and down stairs. And that one of those times it happened. So, uh, uh, so anyways, that, that's a little bit of backstory. I figured I'd just get that going first. Um, and so the first thing, um, Happened to my friend, Jason. Okay. Uh, and in fact, Adam was there and something happened to Adam the very same night. And so I'll, I'll get into both of those, but, uh, so, um, as middle schoolers do, right. We were seventh, eighth grade, whatever it was, we'd like to stay up late on the weekends, right? You're up late playing video games, whatever. Uh, and, and we were up late and, uh, we were all sleeping in my room and my room has a bunk bed. Um, so Jason was on the top bunk. I was on the bottom and then Adam was on the floor that night. Um, so we were just hanging out, you know, doing our thing. Um, and, and we were actually trying to go to sleep at that time. Right. We had the lights off. We were laying down, but just, you know, staying up talking like you do. And, uh, so Jason, um, he was the first one that had something. He, he was on the top bunk and he was laying in a way where he was facing the wall and not the, uh, you know, not, not the other way. Right. He's, he's facing the wall and he looked over or he leaned over and, you know, to the other side, he rolled over, I should say. And, and when he looked over, he saw a, a shadowy outline of a person and he didn't see it well enough to really get details. If you asked him what this guy looked like, he'd say, you know, it was a guy around five, 10, six foot, you know, uh, tall enough to see his upper body from the top bunk. Right. Uh-huh. And, uh, and he looked over, so he rolled over and he saw this thing and, you know, just instantly got a chill that, that went down his spine and he turned back over and he said, Hey guys, are you standing up? And we're like, no, man, we're just, you know, we're, we're all still talking, right. It's not even late at night and I'm looking out from where I'm at. And I admit at that time, I wasn't looking in the direction he was. And by the time he said, Hey, are you guys standing up or messing with me or whatever? And we're going, no, I mean, Adam and I looked at each other like, no, not at all, man. And he was like, what the heck, man? And as a matter of fact, it freaked him out so much that he ended up staying up the entire night uh, and writing music. It was back when in the taken for granted days, right? Okay. So that was, that was a band my friend Adam, Jason, and I were in in high school, uh, early high school, late middle school. We started this band. Uh, um, and it turned out being great because he wrote some pretty cool stuff while he was up. But it, uh, it really, really freaked him out. And uh, that's that's really it to that story. I know it's not super juicy or anything, but it was, and, and, and if you know, my friend Jay, Jay is a programmer. He is a logical guy. He doesn't really, you know, quote unquote, buy into this stuff, if you will. Um, so for a guy like him to see that and say, Hey, what the heck was, was pretty like, okay, that's pretty creepy. Right. Um, so anyway, so that very same night, so that happens and Jason gets up and he's in the office writing his music and me and Adam go to sleep Well, Adam wakes up around two or three in the morning to go get a glass of water or go to the bathroom or whatever. And as he was walking down my hallway, he saw the same thing that Jason did. And then even felt like he bumped into it as he was walking down the hallway. And I'm, I'm seeing you're smiling. Did he bring this one up? 
That is the story that he told too. Yeah, that is just so crazy. Yeah, they, yep. they and, and it was, it was the same thing for him, right? He he's walking, and then that happened, and uh, he just turned around and ran back to the room. I mean, right? I mean, what the heck else do you do, right? right. <laughs> it was creepy. I mean, my house—it it was just a hallway where this happened, right? There's there's nothing for him to bump into. There's no doors. It's just walls on either side, right? And he was right. walking right down the middle of it, and yeah, it just he said it felt like they bumped him, and <laughs> that freaked him right out. Uh, <laughs> So, and those two happened on the same night. So those, uh, so that, that's one story for you. Um, and I promise they get better. I want to start with the, uh, the less tame ones and we'll get into the good <laughs> stuff in a second. Um, so another time, this was when I was in high school, I'm going to say I'm about a junior or a senior at this time. Uh, and my friend Kevin and I are in the basement watching some show. I think it was that 70 show or something like that. <clears throat> and, uh, I have surround sound hooked up or had at that time in my basement. Uh, and we're watching it we've got surround sound on. And while we're watching it, we heard both of us heard something go it whispered said, Luke, just like that. Uh, loud. I mean, like a loud whisper, right. To where he, and to be honest, we both heard it and didn't really say anything. Cause we're like, Oh, we got surround sound down. It was probably something in the show. Like, you know, who knows? Right. And so we sit there for about five or 10 seconds after it happens, just, you know, not really saying anything, still watching. And then we kind of look at each other and he's the one who said it actually, Kevin said, did you hear somebody whisper your name like 10 seconds ago? And I'm like, dude, you heard that too? Like, yes. Oh my God. Right. So we're going, okay. It must've been something in the show. Right. So we rewind it. We rewind it and we play it over and over. And there was nothing in the show that sounded like it whispered Luke. It, it, it was just the strangest thing. Just, yeah. Sit, sitting on the couch and the loud whisper at uh, saying my name. So oh. kind of creepy. Who, whoever's in that house knows who I am, I guess. Yeah. And you have to wonder, like, was it an, was it an audible spirit or was it through the surround sound? You know, sometimes you can catch go speaking through electronic devices yeah. Did it sound like it came through speakers or was it more like right in the room with you? Like, it, like a disembodied voice. Yeah. That's a great question. It sounded more like it was in the room with us. Yeah. Uh, but admittedly it sounded like it came from the direction of like the back left speaker. Okay. Right. So it was in that area. And that's why we thought we said, there's just no way, right. This is right. too weird. <laughs> so we're rewinding it and rewinding it. And it wasn't like a scratch or a pop. Right. I mean, it, it was an audible Luke, right? It wasn't uh, just like a or anything oh, like that. Yeah. Uh, and and that was the strangest thing, right? I mean, when this crap happens, it's one thing when it when just you see it or just you hear it or whatever, right? But my mom, my dad, my sister, three or four of my friends have all experienced stuff like this. Yeah, you can't deny it when you <laughs> have that many witnesses to it. It's like, okay, <laughs> you know. Absolutely. <laughs> so um so so that was it for that one we we rewound it a bunch of times and just uh nothing uh could, couldn't find anything so that was that was a strange one for sure um so let's see uh one time my sister when she was a kid um i was probably five at the time so she would have been about eight years old uh she says that i saw this too but i have to be honest i don't remember it um, probably because I was so little, but we were playing in the house. And again, this hallway, we have a lot of stuff happen in the hallway. 
and what it is about it, but we were playing, you know, tag, hide and seek, whatever. And we were in the hallway and the way she tells the story is that we both stopped. And she said, Luke, look up at the ceiling. And we looked up and from the way she described it, it almost seemed like, uh, not like a spirit, right? It wasn't like a person or anything like that, but I guess the best way to describe it is almost like a portal or like the, the ceiling looked like it was, you know, moving and swirling and like, the, the, like there was something there. Right. And so she said that once we saw it, we both looked up at it and we were just fixed on it for like, you know, whatever, five, 10, 15 seconds it was. And then we both looked down at each other and then looked back up and it was gone. Oh my and God. We said, what the heck? Right. And so we went and told our parents and, you know, of course at the time our parents say, Oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. And then uh, as, as I get older and talk to them and start telling them about this stuff, they start telling me some of the stuff that they've seen and heard. Uh, so my dad is, was a night owl, right? He would stay up to like two in the morning, every single day, just browsing the web, playing his games on his computers. And he has said that countless times he has heard footsteps and whispers and doors creaking open and just all sorts of different stuff like that. Right. Wow. Um, and it got to the point where he quit checking it out. Right. Like, you know, I've, at first you're like, what the heck? you got to get up. It's your family's sure. house. Right. You check right. it out. And it got to the point where he just, just stopped doing it. Um, and, and my mother has said pretty similar things just from, uh, just from her room and not the office where my dad's, uh, uh was at. So, okay. uh, oh. so, very, uh, very creepy. Um, um, so that gives me two more that I have to tell you. And these are the good ones right here, Steve. All right. This is the juicy stuff. So, uh, the first one was in the band days. Uh, so we were early high school right in that area. Uh, and we were unloading. We had just played a show. And so we had all our gear, um, that we had to take downstairs to my parents' basement. All right. So a bunch of amps, drums, all that stuff. And while we're doing it, um, our, our, our basement's pretty long and it's divided into two sides. And it, while we're doing it, the TV and like a big old, you know, cathode ray tube TV, right. That was sitting down there, uh, fell off the dresser that it was sitting on. Right. And so at first we didn't think nothing of it. Right. I mean, it was creepy. It's kind of scared the heck out of us. What the heck, but you know, the thing could have been hanging off the edge and we're moving big equipment. We could have hit it on the stairs and caused enough vibration, right? There's plausible things that could have happened on this one. Right. And so we're like, well, what the heck? So we go over and you know, these things are freaking bulletproof. So it was fine, obviously. Right. And uh, so I picked it up and I put it back on the counter, the desk, like a dresser that I was sitting on. And I specifically remember really pushing it back because I thought that it was hanging off the edge and that's why it fell. Right. So this thing was a hundred percent on the dresser, right? There was not a single, you know, millimeter, meter of this thing hanging off the edge. That puppy was on there, um, solid legs on the dresser, the whole nine yards. Right. And so I put it back up there and we go back and we're unloading stuff. And a couple loads later, as we go down, we hear it being pushed off the dresser, like the actual slide. And then boom, just again, crashes down to the, to the basement floor on the concrete. Um, 
and it, it was so wild. And at that time it was bacon. Uh, we have a friend named, uh, his last name is bacon. We call him bacon. So bacon was down there. Uh, his girlfriend, Stephanie was down there. Adam was down there and I was down there too. And the minute that thing fell, we just looked at each other and just ran upstairs. I think it was the last load of stuff actually. Right. We just got the hell out of it. Like what the heck dude. Um, that one was really strange, you know, because again, I, I was the one who put the TV back on that thing. And Steve, I mean, this thing, it was not hanging off a bit, dude. Like what the hell? And not only that, my basement is concrete right? It's concrete floor. It's unfinished. So to me, the odds of even carrying a big amp down the stairs, even if you're going stair by stair and causing some vibration, it's not enough to go through concrete and a desk and enough to knock a 27 inch cathode TV off a thing, right? No, it won't do that. (laughs) Right. And and that's why the first time we kind of thought, Oh, well, you know, it could have been that. And uh, so that one was really creepy. And that was it. I didn't even put the darn thing back up. We just went upstairs and that, that was pretty much it after that. I think we went uh, over to your parents' house after that, Steve, in fact, just to get the heck out of my house for a little bit. Right. (laughs) Oh, so, so that was it. So now this, this last one, and this is probably one that Steve, uh, Adam had mentioned to you, Steve. Um, this was the craziest one that ever happened to this day. Uh, it was just me and Adam and we were in middle school and we were again, sleeping in the, the same bedroom, um, outside this hallway. And so the way my house is, my parents' house is set up is there, there's this long hallway. And at the beginning of the hallway is my room about halfway down is my sister's. And then at the very end is my parents. Okay. The hallway leads right into their house. So I don't know, 50, 60 feet, whatever. Yeah. So we're sitting there. And again, it's late at night. Um, and my mom and sister were gone for the night. Um, I don't remember where they went. It was, you know, so I, I think down to my grandma's or something. Right. But I, I remember it was just my dad, my sister and me. Uh, or excuse me, my dad, Adam and me, this is what I meant oh, okay. to say. Just okay. the three of us in the house. So we're sleeping in the bedroom and we're just doing our thing, hanging out, talking. And all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, it sounded like starting at my end of the hallway, that something, it sounded like a person, right? Stomping on the floor. I mean, as hard as you can, man, like just like stomping. Right. And it started and it stomped in place for a second. And then it sounded like it sprinted to the end of the hallway and just boom, 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 boom. It almost sounded like it got louder somehow as it went to my parents' room uh, and and then stopped, <clears throat> right? And, you know, we're inside the room, but you know how you, you can kind of tell, like it sounded like it went into my parents' room, right? Like it, it, right. it, it didn't right. cruise around. And so we were like, what the hell, right? So my washing machine, you know how when you overload them, sometimes they chug and chug and they'll do that. I'm like, well, it could have been that. What, what the hell could this have been besides something supernatural? Right. You know? And so we're thinking, no, it wasn't that. So we get out and we look around and there's nothing there. Uh, and my dad, again, he's in the office, which is down a couple sets of stairs and a little away from us. And we went up to him and we see, you know, at first I thought, oh, maybe it was my sister. She was kind of just getting into partying. She was about that age. So ah, maybe she's all buzzed up and is just, you know, just, being a yeah. foolish, whatever. Right. right. 
Right. Uh, but she's gone, man. She ain't home and neither is my mom and my dad's in the office. Right. And we walked out. So like, I mean, we walked out pretty much instantly. Right. So even if dad was messing with us, which a, he's not the type of guy to do right. Me, I would for sure do something like that to my kids to freak them out. <laughs> you <Sure>. know, <laughs> uh, Dad just ain't that kind of guy. You know, he, yeah. he wouldn't do that. And even if he did, we would have caught him. There was no way for him to stomp down the hallway and get back to where he was at without us intercepting him there. It, I mean, it's just impossible. Right. And so we went down in the living room, both Adam and I did. And we said, dad, did you just hear that? And he goes, no, here, here, what, what are you talking about? We said, dude, I, we were just sleeping in my room and it sounded like something just stomped as hard as it could all the way down the hallway. And like, it went into your room and stopped. And he's like, Oh, I've heard that before. And I'm like, you've heard it like no big deal, right? <laughs> like, oh, it's, you know, someone yeah. just runs down the hallway, you know. <laughs> I'm saying, man. And and the strangest thing to us was that he didn't hear it. I mean, there's no way you couldn't hear this thing. He didn't like wear headphones or anything like that, right? right. So right. Th- there's just no way that. I, in my opinion, that he couldn't have heard that happen, but he swore up and down that it didn't, but he said that he had heard it before uh, and had heard other, you know, very similar things, right? He's heard footsteps, he's heard whispers, he's heard uh, a lot of things. So uh, mostly audible events, I would say, and that's what all that I've experienced, but uh, there, there have been some other people who've seen some stuff, man. It's uh, pretty wild. Wow. That is just so cool. Like, and it's, it's very, um, you know, it, it's funny to me and, you know, I'm, I'm sure, I don't know if Adam's told you a lot of the stuff that happened at our house, but yeah, same with ours and yours. It was always, it seemed very benign. It, nothing, nobody ever was being hurt, you know, and it just seemed harmless, but we don't know the source. We don't know where it's coming from or who it is or anything like that. And that's always been the thing that's like, well, because like for Adam and I, we were the first owners of that house. And so all we can attest to is maybe something with the land that it sat on. I don't know. But, you know, so that's where it's, yeah, it's also so interesting and so cool. And that's the wildest thing too, right? Like, you know, again, I don't believe that anything nefarious happened at this house. The the only strange, I guess not even strange. The only thing about it is that it was the first house on the road, but like, who cares? I mean, what, right. why right. Would that I, mean do, you know? I mean, I guess, you know, with the age of the home, so you said it's over a hundred years old. Yeah. I think it was early 1900s. Yeah. Early 1900s. Okay. So it's seen some families come through. Mm-hmm. You know, and it could very well have captured the emotions and movements of people that, you know, were just were there and yeah. that did stuff like the hallway, the, the, the footsteps, the whispers, you know, I mean, that stuff that is very repeated, yeah. you know, that sometimes gets ingrained. It's like in our time, in a sense that keeps repeating so yeah that is just so cool (laughs) and i thank you so much for coming on and sharing these stories with me yeah man absolutely steve i'm happy to do it and uh again nothing has happened in a long time at least at least to me right or or, or anybody else that i know of but uh yeah it was pretty wild and the, the craziest thing to me still is that so many people 
were a part of it, right? Even if it was just minor little things, like, I mean, many people have, have seen or heard, you know, and they're pretty grounded people, right? Some of the yeah. people that have seen it are atheists and don't believe in that stuff at all. Right. Oh. And, and it still happened. And it just lends to the validity of it. And it just, it, that's, I, I think that's the coolest thing is that, yeah, it wasn't just one person that heard these things or that saw these things. And, you know, it's that just, it lets you know, okay, it's not just my imagination. These things are really happening, yeah. you know, which was the same in the house that I grew up in. You know, many people heard the footsteps up and down the stairs and mm -hmm. just um, lots of other different things that it, it made you go, okay, good. I'm not crazy. Like, you know, like it, and it's not like a bad drug trip or anything like that. Like, yeah. Okay, uh, you know, not just me, you know, <laughs> so. And, and, and thank God, it, you know, we, it was nothing nefarious in both our situations. Right. Yeah, we're very I, lucky. Yeah. Extremely, you know, and we never, I mean, you know, messed around with much, much of that stuff. We didn't play spirit games. We didn't play Ouija's. I can't think of any way that we would have, you know, called the spirit back or anything like that. <laughs> I remember we were doing something like that one time, Steve, when we were kids at your parents' house and you came down and you're like, you guys don't mess with that stuff. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I can't remember then, what it was, but. Well, and then I myself have done it a couple of times, but this was long after like the first experiences being had, I had used, um, I had used the spirit board a couple times um, and got some quite wild reactions that I actually talk about in this season of my show. So you'll get to uh, hear those uh, when you check it out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been, it's, yeah, it's just been really interesting um, doing all this. Yeah. Yeah. hearing all the experiences. Well, and I remember Adam saying that a, a few times he, uh, uh, you know, the door would creak open at the house and he'd say hello at your house, your parents' house. And, uh -huh. you know, he'd say hello and nobody would be there. And did, did Adam tell you about the exorcist dream that he had? Uh, I don't think so. All right, we're back. Sorry about the little <laughs> snafu there. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, going back to Adam's experience with the whole exorcist dream, no, I don't remember him ever telling me that, which I find very funny because I figured that would be something he would tell me. That may have been when I was living in Florida, maybe when that happened, I don't know, or something. Um, so, uh, but no, and then um, you were starting to talk about. Um, uh, an experience you had after a friend of yours had passed yeah um so what happened with that yeah so they, this one is uh probably the most paranormal thing that's ever happened to me even more so than the stomping um so a good friend of mine we'll call him john um so john passed away back in uh 2012 uh, it was unexpected it was very uh very tragic and uh this was probably, I'm going to say eight months later. It wasn't a whole year. As a matter of fact, it was in, he passed away in April and this visitation dream happened in October. Now remember that that happened because it was such a wild experience that the minute I woke up, I opened my tablet and I typed everything that I remember because you forget dreams, right? And yeah, yeah. the longer it goes 
time goes on, the more you forget. And I was like, I can't forget any of this. I mean, and it was, it was so fresh in my head, which again, most of the time dreams aren't right. But this one was, it was all right there. And so yeah. what had happened is uh, I had this dream and, uh, in my, in my, my friend, John was there. We, we were back at Western. It was like we were in high school again. And, uh, uh, he came up and I remember, you know, it was just some weird dream stuff like, Oh, write down what you think about, you know, some new law that passed or something, was, you know, dreams are weird, right? At whole schools yeah. in the cafeteria, we're all writing something about what we think. And, uh, when that happened, uh, I looked over and, and John was right there. And what really struck me about it was that be, before John passed away, he, you know, maybe didn't look like his normal self, right? He'd kind of been through a few things and, you know, looked emotionally and physically just a little kind of beat down, right? Uh, and he did not look like that whatsoever. Uh, he, he looked extremely healthy, like the happiest version of John that I ever knew, right? Uh -huh. um, and what, the other thing that I really remember is that he, he spoke to me, but he never opened his mouth. Or moved his lips um and, and what what's funny after this happened i had immediately searched uh i didn't even know they were called visitation dreams i just searched you know the, you know friend visited me in dream and i started reading about it more and more and apparently with visitation dreams both of those things are very common if, if you see it you're going to see the person in their healthiest state and they typically don't they communicate telepathically they don't open their mouths and talk to you right but i understood everything that he was saying I remember he was just beaming and uh, he said he was sorry. He said that it was, you know, he was sorry that everything went down the way that he did and uh, um, that, you know, he, he loves everybody and he can't wait to see us again. Um, and just, just all that stuff. Right. And everything was that needed to be said was said. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it was so vivid, man. This wasn't, I, I've had dreams, you know, when my grandma passed away, I had a, you know, a dream where grandma was there. Right. But it, it didn't feel like this dream did, right? I, I did not wake up and go, oh, I need to write all this down because it was such a crazy, you know, it was really, really a crazy experience. And uh, uh, and so he said all that. And then uh, I remember asking him, I said, Zach, so what happens after we die? And again, without moving his lips, he said, well, you know, I can't tell you that, said, but you are not going to believe what happened. <laughs> I was just thinking about it, man. Oh yeah, and and, and that's what he said, and uh, and and honestly, that was about it. I, I wish there was more of a story to tell about that. That was that was pretty much all that happened. Uh, after that, I remember we we left the school in our dream together, and we took a drive, and you know, uh, had a cigarette on the drive like we used to, and then I woke up, and and that was it, right? Um, but it was so vivid again, man, it was two, three in the morning when I woke up and I mean, I just immediately opened my tablet, wrote everything down and I emailed it to myself so I wouldn't lose it. And it was just, uh, it was just really, really crazy. And I actually, I see his parents still, um, one or two times a year, I try to get over there. Um, and I, I haven't told them that story yet. And I kind of wonder if I should, you know, I, I, uh, how, how would you react to something like that? Right? Um, yeah, I mean, it very much depends on the person. I I would feel very like touched, you know. It, it it would it would give me warm feelings to know that a past loved one of mine pays visits to people and is you know still around in some fashion, you know. I I it would not offend me, but that's me. So <laughs> I don't know how other people would react to that, but. 
yeah. to me, it would not be something that would um, cause, you know, ill feelings or anything like that. You know, I, um, you know, I, I think that I, I personally think they would probably be, you know, happy to hear that it might bring a, a tear to their eye a little bit, you know, as, as it normally would, you know, but I don't think it would be a bad thing, you know, but I guess it all depends on their belief systems and, you know, how they feel about that stuff, you know, <laughs> so yeah. trust, I, your, trust your gut on that. <laughs> absolutely. And thanks for saying that. My parents said something similar to me when I asked them, because I told them about it too. Uh, mm-hmm. And they said, yeah, if it was, you know, God forbid you, I would love to hear that. Right. Yes. So yeah. that, and they are, they're, they're Christian. They go to church. So I don't think that it would be, you know, totally on, you know, I, I just don't want to cause them any distress. Right. That's oh, sure. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think at this point, you know, it's, it's been so long. I mean, this dream happened six months after he passed away, maybe oh, okay. you know, it passed mm-hmm. in April and it was October. So yeah, six months, almost on the top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I wouldn't want to do it then. Right. But now that it's been so many years, I guess I'd kind of like, to, um, just bring it up one time, man. I don't know. You know? I don't think it would hurt anything. Yeah, I, I I would be very shocked if they reacted in a like negative way towards yeah. it, you know, because <laughs> I have had the visitation dreams with my father. Um, I, I think Adam did too, um, where he appeared in a couple dreams and he was in his mid 30s, which is like the biggest memory that I have of my father and the way he looked and like, you know, it's how you want to remember people like when they're in their, their healthiest. And I can say that I don't recall him speaking, like you said, but he, um, there was something that separated him from the rest of the dreamscape where it was like, I knew that what I was seeing was indeed him. Like, you know how sometimes when you're in a dream, you can tell that you're in a dream. If things feel a certain way. And when the two occurrences that I had seeing my father so far, because um, I have a feeling that he'll pop up again time, you know, time and time again. But it's like, you're not part of this dream. You're, you're here, like, you know, like and to check on me or something, you know, and it's so it's one of those things that and and that's such a great way to describe it man and that's why i said it it was different than other dreams dude it it, it really was and i've never heard it described that way and that's an excellent way to put it man it's it was a a separate thing that was happening absolutely man Mm -hmm. it's 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 hard to explain but it's like it uh it's like taking an image of I don't know. Like, like, I can't even put it into words where it's just like something's just, okay, you're separate from the rest of what's going on, you know? And that's what it, that's what it feels like. And it is incredible. Yeah. You know, I, cause I didn't really think about it until you said it about your friend, you know, it's like, you know, yeah, you see them when they were in their healthiest. And I think also that's probably what they want to project. And you think about yourself you know like you know have you know when the time comes that we all pass you know if we have the ability to show ourselves of course we're gonna pick when we felt the best and you know and to what our best self looked like you know because you know because 
you know, we hate to say it, you know, like at the end, you know, we all lose our charms and <laughs> a little bit, you know, we, our vehicles fade, you know, over time. And so, yeah, like we're going to have that mental projection of how we looked, you know, and we're going to remember the times that we looked our best, you know, and felt our best. So it just, it makes sense to me. Like, I know we haven't quite gotten the scientific part of being uh, dead yet. You know, I think it will come one day that we understand it more. And like, you know, it's because I think I have this feeling and I, I think I say it in one of my episodes already, but like, you know, the world of the paranormal and when we pass, eventually we will figure it out, or at least I hope we do. I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime or not, but I agree. Like, there, you know, one day we'll be able to look back or, or, you know, our generations later will look and say, you know, remember when we didn't know anything about this and didn't know what happened to people and, you know, and then we figure it out because, you know, energy cannot be destroyed it just moves on to something else so and so i mean yeah <laughs> we'll just we have to wait and see you know <laughs> yeah, and nobody has the answer and it's something i've it. pondered a lot and i'm sure you do i think that most people do right you know i was i, I was raised in a catholic upbringing and uh you know i certainly believe in the afterlife man i don't think that i i don't know what it is man i i gotta be honest that you know, I love you, mom. Don't hate me, but I, I just don't really buy into the, the the Catholic idea of heaven and hell. Um, there's a lot of stuff I have problems with it, and not just Catholic, Christianity in general, right? I mean, yeah, I, you know, I don't think that a just God would send somebody who was born in Africa, who did nothing but good his or her entire life, but they just never heard about Jesus, or that you know, they they were born in the wrong part of the world. I don't think that a just God and universe would just send you to hell for eternity for that. I think the concept of sending people to hell for eternity is a little bit silly. Like, you, <laughs> yeah. know, I mean, you know, like, okay, we all fuck up and sure, maybe you need to be punished, but man, for all eternity, dude, that, that seems, I, I don't buy it. I just don't. I don't buy it either. I fully believe that we, I have a theory and may, many may not agree with me, but like when we mess up, all of us have myself included. We punish ourselves and life has a way of, of coming back around and giving us a good spanking when we need it. And it's, that's where I'm, I, I'm not convinced of the whole heaven or hell thing either. I do agree with you there. I, I do believe in, um, uh, different, uh, realms, realities, uh planes of reality and i think that is more what happens and this might this is purely theoretical that when we pass it's like a veil gets like opened to a different plane of reality what i don't understand is like um because okay so <laughs> you look at all thousands and thousands of years however long humanity has been here okay so you've got all these people who have died okay are they like all on are we all going on this in this same plane of reality because that seems awfully crowded to me (laughs) (laughs) or like do you do you go into like this permanent dream state and is that what people call heaven like 
because you know think about your most wondrous dreams because you know many people believe that when you dream it's you're partly in another dimension you're in another plane of reality so my question that i i'm I, it will always be on my brain till the day i die is okay so like when i die do i get to go into my version of heaven or like my permanent dream state because you know that that would be so cool <laughs> like you know because i just i think that that's my hope yeah for what happens when we die is yeah. that we get to go to our version of whatever heaven may be to yeah. us you know and but i don't but again we don't know <laughs> we don't know and anybody who says they know is full of shit whether yes. on one side or the other that's why you know I, I, some people are hardcore atheists and they they use to you know and, and on the other end of the scale right they're hardcore religious and they they act like they know the the words they use when talking about it makes it seem like it's like no dude that's what you believe that's not, and that's great we all have beliefs right uh, yeah. nobody knows no no one knows and that's where i i am consider i consider myself an agnostic mm -hmm. um so i i do believe there is something i just don't know what yeah. i don't i i listen to all the different religions and i've read a little bit about every different religion and there's so many similarities to to all of them yeah. that you can you can almost take pieces of each and connect the dots yeah. and it's the same story yeah but told in a different way and some are slightly different, you know? And so that's where I'm, I go like, okay, I think like you guys have a handle somewhat on it, but maybe not all the way. Yeah. Cause like my, my thought, I know we're getting deep into stuff, <laughs> but I think, I think that listeners would be interested to hear this. Like, like, what people see as God and they have given it a name. They've, you know, from every religion, they've given all this higher being. I don't think of it as a being. I think that I think of God as an energy source. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I don't think it's a, a being. I think it's a, a big battery or an energy source that we pull from. And when, we wish for stuff when we pray, when we want things, the universe then pulls that energy mm. in and it, it, it manifests these things. It places things in, in a weird way to make these things happen if you want it bad enough. Yeah. Um, and that's where it like, you know, it just really, that, or that's my take on it. Yeah. I, and like I say, many may not agree with me, um, but that's just how I feel. <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, and I do, right? And again, it's hard to pinpoint exactly what I believe, right? I, I think it's one really interesting theory is um, the theory that you get to live out your life as everybody, right? And, and again, that, that one I don't really resonate with as much, but I still think it's a pretty cool concept, right? That yeah. every person, there, there's a really cool short story called The Egg. If you ever get bored and want to read, it's about a five minute read. Um, and it talks about exactly that. Um, it is this guy who passes away and he goes to the afterlife and this, uh, this being, um, you know, walks him through and he's asking these questions about, you know, have, have I been here before? This feels familiar. And he says, yes, you have. You've been here many times before. Uh, you're going to be here again. You know, you're, you don't have, you, you have to live as everybody to learn the lessons you need to learn in order to advance to the next level. Right. 
And that's where I go, again, I don't know if I believe it, but some reincarnation kind of makes sense to me. Uh, you know, whether you come back as an animal or, or another person or whatever, where like, hey, man, if you went around your time and you didn't learn the shit that you need to learn, getting back in there, dude, you're going around for another spin, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, you know, yeah, it is a wonder to think about all that, the reincarnation and everything, you know, because... Um, it, it's it's you know you see like the stories of children are the always ones that get me where like a, a child like a five-year-old will have these recollections of stuff that happened uh you know eons ago or you know in different lifetimes where it's like how can you deny that you know like because for people who don't believe in it and it's like okay well this kid just didn't pull this out of his ass you know and he's not smart enough he doesn't even know what reincarnation is and he's talking about stuff from a different lifetime yeah. and it's just it's so fascinating to me and the question i have is like okay so like like what you were saying like is it just people who have further lessons to learn yeah. they need to see you know like the bigger picture of stuff or whatever their reasoning may be for having to be reincarnated and it's like you know, okay, is that leading to something greater? Like once you've learned all the lessons that your being is supposed to learn, like th there's just, that's, it's, it's such a huge thing that like, we can't conceive it. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I think so too. I'm stealing this one from uh, um, Joe Rogan, I think said this, but uh, he said, you know, if you, if you, as far as not being able to comprehend this stuff, right? Sometimes as humans, ah, well, we discovered general relativity and we know all this stuff about atoms in the universe. And yeah, hell yeah, we do. It's amazing that we've been able to do that, right? But like, that don't mean we know it all, dude. That, exactly. It just doesn't, right? And, and the analogy that Joe Rogan used was, you know, it's, say you got an ant crawling around on your desk, right? Try explaining your iPhone to that ant exactly he will never no matter what they are just not capable of understanding that they can't they can't wrap their little heads around that no and, no. and I, I think it's the same thing with that stuff man it very much is it no. very much is and you know as much as like you said as much as we do know which i mean as a civilization yes we've done some marvelous things but we're still we are specs in this, the eye of the universe, you know, we, we are such little beings, um, not to say we're not amazing beings, you know, because I think that, you know, we, we should be proud of what we have accomplished as, as, as a species on this planet. Um, and it's just, but yeah, at the end of the day, you know, we, we're just little specks in this cosmic world, you know, so it's yeah literally made of star stuff man L literally born out of stuff that the universe we are one with the stars man i mean that's real shit dude <laughs> right it is and, and for all of this paranormal stuff it all comes together it yeah. like it's all connected and it you know for people who are non-believers i I, I I kind of pity them in a way because they have themselves enclosed in this way of thinking that and it's like open yourself up a little bit because there's there's amazing things to learn it's not all horrifying and scary you know it's it's quite enlightening you know I mean because that's I think that's what 
what generates us to um, seek more knowledge and like learn more about ourselves. And I think that's like, for me, getting into the paranormal, like it all started with my grandmother who loved horror films that got me and Adam hooked on them that, you know, led to like more investigation. And in that process, more inward investigation and self-discovery and like it's it's so cool just i yeah i know i'd ramble so no god this has been great conversation man. and that's you know and when i look at like the naysayers and deniers too i mean hey man believe what you want i'm not here to change anybody's mind on anything oh. right but no. i i just go come on man throughout history i mean there's been you know literally millions of, of these stories and accounts and stuff like that and it's like even if 99% of them are bullshit, right? Like, just say, like, is are every single one, like, 100% of them are just people making it up. And I mean, all the, you know, everything, the stories that I told, really, like, everyone, maybe some of them do have an explanation. I don't know. But like, I just, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's just tough for me. And I, I mean, I know a lot of really reasonable, sound people who have had similar things happen. And my father being one of them, you know, he, uh, my dad was not a major believer, but also not a denier either. Like he, he, um, but he, he was very scientific and, uh, like he would always explain away, like, and I, I believed him and I agree with him. The house would settle, you know? So anybody that lives in Michigan or anywhere that experiences the seasons knows that with the change in temperature, your house expands and contracts. So it does make sounds. So dad would always like, cause I would hear the walls freaking like creaking and cracking like in our house. And dad explained to me, well, that's cause we're in winter now and the house is like, you know, contracting a little bit and summer it's gonna expand and you'll hear it again. Well, I did, but that does not explain footsteps coming up and down carpeted steps, because I'm sorry, you can't, that's not the house settling, you know, (laughs) and, you know, hearing voices and, you know, all the, like, yeah, different things that have happened, it, it just, you know, there, there's a difference between, you know, uh, stuff that science can prove and stuff that you cannot, you just can't prove that, like, because I had, uh, similar to, the the stomping that you heard the the running through the hall um, I know you remember my parents house the the upstairs was very small the hallway was not big at all you know I could I could span it in a matter of maybe you know like three strides you know to get to from one from my room to Adam's room mm-hmm. and there was one night that I had gone up this was when I moved back from Florida that um, Eric and everybody was downstairs. Uh, having a cigarette I was going up getting ready for bed and I heard what sounded like somebody taking off in a sprint like and my first thought was that some I thought Eric had come up the stairs and had fallen I thought he had took a tumble because I hear three loud steps and then Adam's door just swings open like wow. it's, it's something I actually heard something hit the door and my first thought was Eric fell. So I ran around. I went, are you okay? I'm fully expecting to see Eric laying there. Yeah. There was nothing. nothing. Dude. And I'm like, I, I this just happened. And I, I am of sound mind. This is not the overactive imagination of a child. Like, you know, I'm in my upper 20s. And I'm like, um, this, no. <laughs> like, yeah. 
And so I even went to the, the stairway and listened down and I could still hear them in the garage, you know, having cigarette. And I'm like, explain that to me because that was somebody taking off in a sprint. It was three hard footsteps. And I'm like, I, that's not the house settling. And then something actually hit the door and the door flung open. And I was, and I remember thinking that, I, I don't know if it was that day, but I remember having the thought to myself that, gee, did a lot of the stuff I experienced as a kid, was it an overactive imagination? You know, but there were so many things that other people saw, but I was starting to doubt myself. And mm -hmm. I felt as if this was the spirit's way of saying, no, you, you heard what you heard and right. we are acknowledging this. Yeah. And when I when we got our, uh, our house and moved in, I did go through and sage and set up a, a prayer. Basically I released any spirits that were left and told them, you know, thank you for looking out for us. If you, you know, but you don't have to be here anymore. You know, you're good to go. And after that, my parents never reported anything. Like it seemed to all go. And you, as you know, uh, two close friends of ours now own the house. Um, and to this day, they have not reported anything. So I, I, I think whatever was there is gone. I think, <laughs> yes. yeah. Cause I just, if like, if it, if it was something that was trapped, I didn't want it to remain trapped or anything. You know? Yeah, absolutely. So. Man. <laughs> That's the other thing too, that I could go into is like the whole concept of like, spirits being trapped like see that's uh, there's so many different aspects of the paranormal that yeah. i have questions about <laughs> you know? yeah so absolutely yeah. It, it's interesting to ponder man and it just comes you know back back to all that science um stuff right like it, it's amazing what science can explain and i i 100 uh, i'm a backer of all that stuff right but sometimes mm -hmm. i think that science is the answer to how not to why yeah. right how does it occur? Well, it happens like this and this and this and that. But like, I don't know. To me, it's like, why, man? Why, why are we even here? Why is the universe here? Why is the, it, it just, it, to me, it seems like there's a purpose. And I just, I just don't think that purpose, I don't think the lights just shut off when you die. You know, I'm, I'm a big agnostic in that uh, way too, where I could say, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, you know, nobody knows. I can't rule it out as a possibility, but I don't think it is based on the experiences that i've had and the experiences that a lot of close friends have had uh i just don't think that's what goes on man i, I agree 100 percent. i agree you know yeah well luke i i can't tell you how much this has meant to me and like it's been so cool talking with you and i think our i think the listeners will really enjoy hearing uh your stories and yeah, our takes so. on everything so yeah. Well, I I thank you again so much for being yeah. part of the show, and I can't wait to edit all this together and and get this all out. So yeah, yeah. Make sure you let me know when you do, because I can't wait to listen to them, man. And uh, anytime you want to have me back on for some, man, I'd be happy as hell to come back on. Well, thank you so much. I I surely will sometime. I'd love to have you and my brother on sometime. I think it'd be fun. Oh, that'd be yeah, man. Talking, I'd be a riot, dude. I know. We'll have yeah. to pick some movies to hash uh, talk about and everything or something. 
Yes. Uh, we'll ask Adam about that exorcist thing because it's a little yeah, rusty in my I, head. I remember it happening though, dude. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna slap him the next time I see him for not telling me that I did not know that. So yeah, right, man. Uh, all right, Luke. Well, you have an amazing night, and we will talk again soon. Okay. Thanks a lot, Steve. Take care, man. Love yeah. you, dude. Love you too. See you later. Luke is such an amazing young man, and again, I thank him so much for taking time out of his schedule to meet with me. Now it's time for me to gush about my favorite paranormal documentary television series, Ghost Adventures, The Dead Files, Paranormal Caught on Camera, and Destination Fear. I'll of course be giving my opinion as to why these shows are on the top of my list. So, let's begin with Ghost Adventures. Ghost Adventures began as an independent documentary film by Zach Baggins that was filmed in 2004 and released on Sci-Fi in 2007. I remember watching this shortly after it was released. I was in bed and came across it late one night. Eric was already asleep next to me. I remember my jaw hitting the floor when they captured a brick lifting off the floor and flying across the room. It was one of the most compelling pieces of evidence caught on camera at that time. The video was of course put through analysis to try and debunk it, but it passed with flying colors as an authentic piece of paranormal evidence. That and they captured uh, disembodied voices, apparitions, and uh, just it made a hell of a spine tingler to watch. Plus. Zach was just so handsome to watch him run around in his skin-tight shirts and spiky hair. I run around in skin-tight shirts too, I just don't have the fancy hair. But that's alright. Bald is beautiful. Just ask Steve Austin and Jason Statham. The success of the film led to the release of the series on October, or in October of 2008 on the Travel Channel. And it is still going strong to this day on Discovery+. Plus. In the beginning, it was Zach Bagans, Nick Groff, and Aaron Goodwin, who were all part of the original documentary. After season 10, Nick moved on to other paranormal endeavors and was replaced by Billy Tolley, Jay Wasley, Wasley, and Dakota Layden for a short time. Ghost Adventures is one of the most successful paranormal reality TV series created. It has spawned several spin-offs, special event episodes, and inspired many others to pursue their love of the paranormal. I loved how the show was edited together, uh, the music, the creepy flashback sequences as they told the history of their locations they were investigating, and the evidence that they captured was incredible. All in all, it is just such an entertaining show. I remember talking with a coworker one day about paranormal shows, and she said how she hated them because all they ever showed was a close-up of the investigator's face turning and going, did you hear that? Did you see that? And I couldn't argue with her. <laughs> Point the damn camera where the action is, not on the investigator. I feel that Ghost Adventures did a great job of that. Over the years, they caught so many apparitions, moving objects, EVPs, thermal images, and much more. 
Zach and Aaron carry the show very well. Uh, there is just such a lovability about them. You can tell that Zach is very passionate about what he does, and his hard work has definitely paid off. I would love to visit his uh, haunted museum one day when I find myself out in Las Vegas. Ghost Adventures rode the wave of, of success of the also very popular show Ghost Hunters that began in 2004. Now, I've tried to watch Ghost Hunters, and I was shocked that it just doesn't hold my interest. It just doesn't have the creepy vibes that Ghost Adventures brings into their filming techniques. But hey, chocolate and vanilla, right? A lot of people love that show. If I have any critiques for Ghost Adventures, um, or something that bothered me, I should say, it would have to be the episodes where either Zack or Nick would appear to be possessed. These were the only times in the show that I questioned things. Was this real, or was this a ploy to up the ratings? You tell me. Other than that, I love the show, and I'm interested to see how long its reign continues as one of the most popular paranormal shows of our time. The next show I'm going to talk to you about is The Dead Files, which premiered on Travel Channel back in September of 2011. The show follows Amy Allen, a very talented physical medium, and Steve DeShave, a retired New York City detective, as they are called in to investigate claims of paranormal activity. Amy and Steve do separate investigations and do not communicate at all until the end of each episode when they reveal their findings to their clients. Amy does a nighttime walkthrough with her cameraman, Matthew. Before Amy comes in, Matthew removes any family photos and covers personal objects with black sheets so that nothing influences Amy's findings. Steve comes during the day and interviews the homeowners. After that, he does research on the history of the property and interviews town historians to see if there's any clues as to what could be going on. Most of the information they gather ends up connecting pretty damn well. When they sit down with their clients to do their reveal, Steve lets Amy go first. As she is going through the details of her walkthrough, Steve will fill in the blanks with the information that he has managed to uncover. Every now and then there will be minor details that don't completely link up, but to me, that confirms the, val the validity of what they do. If Steve and Amy nailed it 100%, same information every single time, I would be raising an eyebrow a little bit. I loved the one episode Amy spoke right up because the client was kind of questioning their findings a little bit. She said, hey, no one medium is ever 100% accurate, and if they are, you'd better be asking why. Odds are they've done their research on you and they're trying to scam you. <laughs> After they reveal to the clients who or what is haunting their property, Amy lays out a plan for them to try to get rid of the unwanted entities or tell them that it's time to get out of Dodge. Now, after each show, it gives you an update on how the people are doing. Some folks follow Amy's advice and the problem goes away, or they have moved. Others haven't been able to follow through with Amy's recommendations for whatever reason, and the haunting continues. <sighs> Amy actually just had a post on Instagram not too, too long ago that I stood by her all the way on. So some of the clients that they've helped, keep in mind, uh, these clients are not paying for the services provided by Amy and Steve, 
have been upset because they're still having ghostly problems. Well, she called them out on it and I loved it. As someone who has worked in the service industry for many, many moons, it is incredible to me how people want everything for free or for the absolute cheapest they can find it. Listen, I'm not a rich man. I work very hard for not very much money. I live within my means and I'm very appreciative of what I have. I don't make any money for this podcast at this time, but I love doing it. Maybe someday I'll be rich because of it, or maybe it will lead to something bigger. Who knows? Anyways, the people that Amy refers these folks to for their help are offering a specialized service that they most likely would like to be paid for. Wouldn't you? So people are bitching because people wanted to charge them or they just couldn't figure out how to do what she said and they felt that they were left to fend for themselves. Amy basically said, hey, not everyone is going to help you for free and if you're not going to buck up and actually try to help yourself through these issues you're having, then don't bother calling our show. And I was like, get em, girl. It never ceases to amaze me the amount of people that sit there and play the victim their whole lives with their hands out. And please don't get me wrong, it's 100% okay to ask for help. But at some point, you have to stand on your own two feet. Listen to what people are telling you and reach for your own stars. Because we can't hold you up forever. Okay, end rant. End rant, I promise. (laughs) So just like Ghost Adventures, The Dead Files is filmed very well and very creepy. The flow of the show is great. I find that when I watch it, I always tend to binge it because I'm just so bummed whenever it gets close to the end because I just want more. I love Amy, Steve, and Matt. They seem like people I would totally hang out with. Very down-to-earth, real people who never give you that feeling like they are trying to oversell the show. Everything to me just seems very genuine. I do have one recommendation, however. I'm a big fan of visual evidence, and I really think they should put some static cams up in these folks' homes a couple nights before the investigation to try and capture some of the phenomena that they are reporting. Other than that, I feel this is an excellent show, and I hope it continues for a very long time. Now, you want to talk about a show that is an absolute jaw-dropper at times and has evidence slinging from all directions? Paranormal Caught on Camera is it. This show began in 2019, and I hope it goes on forever. Each episode is an assembly of videos submitted from viewers around the world that have captured evidence of paranormal activity. You have cryptid sightings like Bigfoot and other creatures, UFOs, and more. There is not an episode of this that hasn't given me chicken skin at one point or another. The videos are all commentated on by a really cool group of paranormal experts like Brian Kano, Susan Slaughter, Sapphire Sandalo, whose podcast I love, and Lynn McNeil, who is a professor of folklore at the Utah State University, just to name a few. I love it because these folks know their shit, and they will tell you what they are looking for when they're trying to debunk these videos. And let me say, when the pros are being blown away by what they are seeing, I don't know what to tell you. 
might be a, a good time to start praying to your god or goddess of choice. One of my favorite videos that's quite famous is the video from Russia of a girl levitating in the woods. This was one of the videos they showed in the pilot episode, if I'm not mistaken, and you can YouTube this right now if you wanted to take a break, because I know this is one of my longer episodes, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Many of you probably know uh, the video I'm talking about. A man is walking his dog in the woods. The camera is on his dog when his ears perk up as he spots something. His camera pans over to see a little girl hovering in the air while a woman stands below her watching. Realizing they have been discovered, the girl falls into the woman's arms and they quickly run off. Now, I do have one question. Why does the footage stop there? What happened after that? Okay, that's two questions, I know, but come on. If I was the guy filming... I would have kept filming and hauled ass to catch up with them to find out exactly what intarnation has gone on there. But, upon further reflection, I could understand his hesitation. If this little girl could defy the laws of gravity, whether by her own doing or the woman who was standing beneath her, what else could they do? I suppose that would give me a little bit of pause. Clearly someone there has powerful abilities, and I don't know that chasing them down would be the most stellar decision to make. I have yet to come across any information about the man who filmed this. Um, I find that interesting because you would think with a video like this, the person who filmed it would want to tell their story. But who knows, maybe he did chase after them, never to be seen again. Anyway, this is a fantastic show, and it is really fun to watch with anyone who considers themselves a skeptic, because it will make them scratch their head. My husband, who, shall we say, believes cautiously, he is so smart and he is very good at explaining things away, but even he gets amazed by the things that he has seen on this show. My one critique, and this is not the show's fault at all, but some of the videos captured are the grainiest, out-of-focus videos I've ever seen. What the hell kind of camera are you people using? I laugh because a lot of these videos were captured in the last 5-10 to 10 years, and a great deal of them are on camera phones, which typically take excellent high-def videos, especially in the last decade. So what do we have going on here? Are they still using cameras on flip phones from the early 2000s or something? That is my only complaint. Otherwise, I adore the show. The last show I'd like to talk about is Destination Fear. Now, I have some mixed feelings about this docuseries, but I can't help but just really enjoy this show. Dakota Layden, who got his start on Ghost Adventures, branched out on his own in 2019 with his sister Chelsea and two best friends Tanner and Alex to create a series that examines just how fucking terrified you can get spending the night alone in some of the most haunted places in the country. <gasps> At every location they visit, they learn about the history and what others have witnessed there. After they explore the location a little, they pick what areas are the most terrifying and, and decide where each person is going to sleep that night alone. Each person is set up with a, a couple of cameras surrounding them and other electronic devices to try and catch any paranormal activity. 
I've been very impressed with Dakota and his crew. They put on a great show. Uh, They do a good job researching the areas they are visiting. The episodes are edited together well, and it is very entertaining. Here's my beef. Quit being so reactive. If a mouse farts on this show, these guys and gals are jumping out of their skin. Isn't that what you're there for? To catch paranormal occurrences? Then you just need to sit there and take it when things are happening, damn it. That's it. That's my only complaint. And I do get it. These guys are young, but contain yourself. Now, in retrospect, to play devil's advocate, if my friends and I did this, I have a funny feeling most of them would be the same way, honestly. They have managed to catch a few really good pieces of evidence, um, a couple apparitions so far, doors moving on their own, and a lot of EVPs. So good job, kids. Keep up the good work. And I wasn't trying to pick on these guys. I love the show. It's super entertaining, and it will make you jump at times. I also put this in my list of favorites because the crew is just so lovable and relatable. No one is trying to act like someone they are not. It's just a group of peeps going from location to location. All right, my fellow children of the dark, I hope you have been enjoying season two. Every one of these fantastic shows I have discussed today are available to stream on Discovery Plus, and I encourage you to check them out if you haven't already. So now, all that is left is the big finale, and I've saved a classic for the last as well as a very special interview. Who could forget 1982's Poltergeist? It is one of the most epic ghost films of all time, which is no surprise with Steven Spielberg at the helm. So for tonight, I leave you with this quote. The mind is the limit. As long as the mind can envision the fact that you can do something, you can do it. As long as you really believe 100%. That's from Arnold Schwarzenegger. Now remember to check under the bed before you close your eyes tonight. See you next time. Steve's Horror Section is an independently produced podcast. If you would like to become a supporter of the show, you can visit my Patreon page at patreon.com slash Steve's Horror Section. The music and sound effects on my show are provided by epidemicsound.com.